Support comes from Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to sustainable and sound conservation of the state's forests, which support more than 41,000 Missouri jobs, resulting in a $10 billion industry. Choosewood.com. It's Friday, June 2nd. This is The Gateway. I'm Wayne Pratt. The top racing series in NASCAR returns to the St. Louis region for this weekend's Enjoy Illinois 300. It's an opportunity to build on the success of last year's inaugural event. We got a lot to do this year to make sure that when people come back, they see we didn't just rest on our laurels, so to speak. We are pushing forward. We will have a preview from St. Louis Public Radio's Eric Schmid in just a few minutes. Missouri hospitals had fewer unfilled jobs and staff turnover last year than during the height of the pandemic. But as St. Louis Public Radio's Sarah Fentum reports, the Missouri Hospital Association says staffing shortages among health workers are still higher than before COVID-19. The report's authors surveyed 128 of the state's hospitals. They found nearly 15 percent of all positions were vacant across the state last year. Hospitals saw turnover in about one in four positions. Among staff nurses, who make up the largest portion of hospital employees, there was a 17 percent vacancy rate. Hospital Association spokesman Dave Dillon says it's likely some workers who left hospitals during the pandemic are coming back. But hospitals need to ensure they have enough employees for the future. We know that this challenge is going to be playing the long game, not the short game. Staff turnover was the highest among food workers, cleaners, and other non-licensed positions. I'm Sarah Fentum, St. Louis Public Radio. The National Weather Service in St. Louis says air quality alerts have been issued for the region every day this week. That includes today. Meteorologist Jared Maples says many people did not notice the alerts until the Weather Service started sharing them this year. Now we've just kind of taken it and gone a little bit more public with it, using utilizing uh, some of the resources that we've already had for things uh, that, you know, like severe thunderstorm warnings. Maples says he hopes the alerts will encourage sensitive groups to protect themselves on high pollution days. Young children, the elderly, and people with respiratory problems could experience impaired lung function if they spend too much time outdoors during an air quality alert. A Missouri nonprofit has launched an initiative to provide free emergency contraception. The Missouri Family Health Council is distributing more than 5,500 kits with two doses of emergency contraception, condoms, and resources to health care providers. Executive Director Michelle Trupiano says the initiative stems from the U.S. Supreme Court's decision to reverse the right to an abortion. We know that this isn't a solution um, for the access to abortion crisis that we face in Missouri, but it is just one more tool um, that folks may have in terms of envisioning um, the future that they desire. Kits are available at 40 health centers, including the Planned Parenthood of St. Louis Region and Southwest Missouri in St. Louis and Rolla. Kits can also be ordered online at mfhc.org ec. The two U.S. Senators from Missouri have voted against the debt ceiling bill. Republicans Josh Hawley and Eric Schmidt were among the 36 senators to oppose the measure to suspend the nation's debt limit until 2025. Illinois Senators Dick Durbin and Tammy Duckworth supported the bill. The vote occurred last night. The measure now goes to President Joe Biden. Missouri lawmakers are already preparing for the 2024 campaign cycle. 
As St. Louis Public Radio's Sarah Kellogg reports, at least one Democrat likes her party's chances for the upcoming election. House Minority Leader Crystal Quaid says Democrats are excited about the possibility of picking up seats. She cited multiple factors that could aid them in November of 2024. We have a good 10 to 15 House seats right now that are um, potential targets where we think that we have a really good chance of winning. You add that to the conversation of a presidential year and maybe having abortion on the ballot, we'll have the minimum wage increase on the ballot. There's going to be a lot of issues that bring folks out to the polls. Quaid herself is considering running for governor and says she will make her decision this summer. In Jefferson City, I'm Sarah Kellogg, St. Louis Public Radio. Quaid was a guest on Politically Speaking. That episode is posted at stlpr.org. St. Louis's top prosecutor is moving quickly to rebuild the circuit attorney's office. Gabe Gore has hired several prosecutors with a deep working knowledge of the office. That includes Mary Patricia Carl. She has already spent 14 years in the circuit attorney's office and is returning to the lead homicide prosecutor post. Gore is working to clear a backlog of cases while addressing staffing issues in the circuit attorney's office. The Deaconess Foundation wants black people in the St. Louis region to imagine what freedom from racism could look like so they could heal from it. The foundation is launching the Institute for Black Liberation this fall to help people examine racism. St. Louis Public Radio's Andrea Henderson reports. Participants in the year-long program will attend immersion workshops, virtual sessions, and receive individualized coaching. It aims to help black people 25 and older develop leadership skills by celebrating their racial identities. Bethany Johnson-Javois is the foundation's CEO. She says black people suffer with many health problems because of racial trauma, and they must learn how to free their minds from it to recover. I want to know that we don't only pass our trauma forward, that we also pass our joy and our resilience and our brilliance forward. Johnson Jabois says the program could help its 25 participants use what they've learned to build an equitable society. I'm Andrea Henderson, St. Louis Public Radio. NASCAR returns to the St. Louis region this weekend with the Enjoy Illinois 300 at Worldwide Technology Raceway in the Metro East. This year's race follows last year's sold-out inaugural event. St. Louis Public Radio's Eric Schmidt reports organizers hope a second successful showing will make it a staple for years to come. A sold-out crowd packed Worldwide Technology Raceway for last year's first-ever NASCAR Cup Series race in the St. Louis region. Nearly 60,000 people filled the stands, eager for the race that was about to unfold in front of them. Their shouts were easily overwhelmed by the 36 cars on the track, each speeding past the green start flag at more than 130 miles an hour. For longtime fans of the sport, like Mark No of Glen Carbon, it was a moment he and his friends had waited decades for. We've all been NASCAR fans for 30 plus years. We've traveled all across the United States to watch races and we've always wanted to have one here. And it wasn't just locals to the St. Louis region. The race's organizers say they attracted attendees from every state except Rhode Island and from a handful of foreign countries too. That was true of Kim Baumgartner, who flew in from Minneapolis and was scheming to return even before last year's race started. 
We're already making plans for next year and making our crew bigger that's going to come down to the race. How many people you want to uh, you want to bring down next year? As many that'll chip in on a large motorhome so we're camping in the infield. Many other attendees last year had similar feelings of wanting to return. Worldwide Technology Raceway owner and CEO Curtis Francois says he's particularly aware of the pressure last year's success places on his team for this weekend. Just an event that uh, I think set the expectations for future events to come and so we got a lot to do this year to make sure that when people come back they see we didn't just rest on our laurels so to speak we are pushing forward. Francois says it's a balance of sticking to what worked well last year while fine-tuning some of the pressure points. He says they've made updates to the traffic and pedestrian flows around the track and doubled the number of places attendees can get something to eat or drink. The racing was wonderful. I don't think we can improve on that. A little more than 100,000 people went to some part of last year's weekend of racing. Francois says that's on the same scale as a major playoff game in any other sport. Kristen Richards, who directs Illinois' Department of Commerce and Economic Opportunity, says she expects a similar turnout this year. She says that kind of influx gives the Metro East a chance to flex to visitors. They're going to be stopping at those restaurants in neighboring towns. They're going to be checking out some of the locally owned businesses that really help provide southwestern Illinois with such a terrific identity. Richards says the race this weekend could generate close to $60 million for the region, like last year's did. Raceway owner Francois says this year's ticket trends are similar to last year's, even if the race isn't as novel. You know, second year is always more difficult than the first year. Uh, it's just part of the way the industry works in outdoor entertainment. Francois says this weekend is critical since the initial three-year agreement with NASCAR to host the Cup Series race finishes up next year. He says consecutive successes would help solidify the Metro East track as a perennial destination for top racing events. It's a major turnaround for the track, which was close to demolition a little more than 10 years ago. In Madison, I'm Eric Schmid, St. Louis Public Radio. Our Brian Moline edited that report. Ashley Lissenby is the news director of St. Louis Public Radio, a listener-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Wayne Pratt. Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house.